Hello and welcome to Talking Wow, the podcast where we talk about World of Warcraft. I don't know how you would have known that from the title, but there you go. And my name is Tom, and today we are going to be talking about embracing diversity in the Dragonflight expansion. And to do that, I have two very wonderful people joining me. One of those is our very special guest on the show today, and that is Twitch streamer Taunt the Boss. Hey, Taunt. Great to have you here. Thanks for having me, Tom and Marty. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers, Marty's here as well. That's uh, a little reveal there. Thank you, boss, for uh, <laughs> for sneaking that in. But yes, Marty's here as well. Hello, Marty. Thanks for being here as well. I'm here too. Thank you. <laughs> So yes, in this episode, we're going to be talking about embracing diversity in Dragonflight. And we know that World of Warcraft has a massive community of players, and that's players from all walks of life. Not all people always see themselves represented in video games or even in World of Warcraft through the characters or the stories or the settings. That is something the developers in Dragonflight had said around the time of the launch, that this was something that was changing, that more diversity was going to be in the game. So we're going to be talking a little bit more about that. And perhaps we'll talk a little bit about maybe what needs to be done in the future as well regarding diversity. So just before we get too far into that, I'd love to know just a little bit more about your history with World of Warcraft, because I know you've been playing this game for a long time. Uh, yeah, so... I've been main tank of my World of Warcraft guild off and on since uh, vanilla. So I started in Molten Core. They were having problems keeping a main tank. And eventually, a bunch of people from my college merged with another guild and they took me as their main tank. And to this day, I still haven't gotten Thunder Fury, which is. Oh, huge. no. Sorry. <laughs> we're starting on a real downer here, aren't we? <laughs> But also, I have a lot of notoriety from then, because I think some of the bosses and the mechanics back then, like, you could tank the elementals with a staff because they were doing magic damage and you never had to block. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we call that the good old days, uh, I think, don't we, Marty? Yeah. <laughs> um, and my connection was so bad that sometimes I would tank while I was offline. Until inevitably I died to the fact that you don't do any of your, um, it's not evasion, it's uh, mitigation. Mm -hmm. You don't mitigate yeah. damage when you're offline. That's a shame. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've been that for a while, and I took a small break during Cataclysm, and I came back for Pandaria, all of the other officers had left. So I became the guild leader because there was a power vacuum and it automatically rotates guild leader after 30 days. I feel like that has happened to Marty so many times. Marty is like guild leader of half the guilds in Europe in World of Warcraft because of that. So wait, are you saying that all the guilds that I joined die? That's that's what I sort of... I'm not saying it. From that. But yeah. And uh, I do have to say I'm from Medivh which has uh, the great history of being the first server to open the Ankaraji gates. Here we go. Here comes the brags now. <laughs> okay. So the funny thing is, everybody was so interested in seeing the AQ gates open, it literally broke our server for months. 
and all of the top guilds on our server left. So we had a decimated population, and now we're four joined servers because oh, wow. we never recovered from the AQ gates. Whoops. <laughs> None of us recovered from that, though. I, I remember just when that event was happening, just I would not have been wanting to work on the server farm that day at Blizzard HQ because <laughs> they were probably walking around with uh, jugs of water, just throwing them on the servers and hoping for the best. I mean, if, if that's what they're doing, maybe that's what went wrong then. <laughs> probably. That's why That's why they, they don't put me near the server farm anymore. So. <laughs> So yeah, you have a you have a long long history from the game playing from back when it started and been a journey, hasn't it, from where World of Warcraft started and where we are right now. It's especially I think it's a good thing that there's been such a journey because a lot of the game is developed in America and there's been a lot of change in America too and you know, political climate currently, with notwithstanding, uh, overall, I feel like it's become, it's a good reflection. And I'm glad that they're starting to keep pace with culture rather than lag behind it. When World of Warcraft first started, really, it was just like, oh, it's humans versus orcs. And you, you can't do that forever anyway in one game. Like, something has to evolve. The story has to go a different direction and also with regards to that you have different players playing the game and probably a lot of the population who started playing the game when it first released maybe aren't playing it now I feel like there are fewer and fewer people who played originally in like classic or vanilla Warcraft that are still playing now and you have to also open up and have that that appeal for other gamers to come in as well because you hear so many people saying like oh i started in cataclysm unfortunately or i jumped <laughs> in at legion or even shadowlands and and some people are coming into dragonflight and it's their first time joining the game so it is very important that that, that story evolves and that it isn't just this this trope of humans against orcs and like that's how it started but that's not where we are now with this progression in everything we've had the introduction of dragonflight the expansion which so far me and marty have talked about we are we're very much enjoying the dragonflight expansion so far but boss how have you been finding the expansion has it been living up to your expectations yeah uh dragonflight has been an exceptional expansion i do have to say like the exploration, the leveling, it's just been a really great experience. It doesn't feel like too much of a drag at any point, or it hasn't really gotten to that point. And I feel like for, especially as a raider, like there's usually a large gap, like several months in between when we stop raiding our previous content and start the next. And it's been, I think we get we are having a three week break this time, so less than a month, which I okay. which speaks very well for how well they did the Dragonflight raid, how well the rest of the content has keep, kept people interested 
I mean, we've had a almost a blistering content release schedule since Dragonflight came out, and it's reminds me a little bit of Legion when we started getting those patches every seventy something days, and it was almost like this is incredible. Like I love this. I like always having something to look forward to, and I think. As of recording, 10.1, literally almost here. We can smell it. And it's just it just feels like, yep, we're all ready for this injection now. We're ready to continue the story. We've we've digested everything Dragonflight has initially come to offer us, and we're we're ready to take those next steps forward. Yeah, and I, I just want to uh, agree with you two as well, because for me as a raider as well, I think it's only been like the last two to three weeks or something like that where i've been like all right now i'm starting to get a little bit bored now i could use some new content which is which is you know from recording this at least is coming out in you know in a week or so right so so yeah i I think i think everything so far has worked out really well so initially with dragonflight and i think we are all again in, in agreement of the you know the leveling and the questing it's something that we talk about a lot on this show so far that it's always something that Blizzard's done pretty well anyway from just the perspective of I'm enjoying the story I'm enjoying the world building I'm being introduced to these new characters as well there was an interview back in November 2022 with the narrative director Steve Donser and the lead quest designer Maria Hamilton and they were reiterating their importance of diversity and representation and something i have noticed in dragonflight probably more so than any of the previous expansions before is that there have been some really diverse characters in the questing areas so far is that something that you've noticed as well boss yeah so one of the things that really struck me is one of the characters that you first come across when you hit the Dragon Isles is Major Domo Solistra. I really loved the fact that they had a non-binary character and I believe their voice actor is a non-binary voice actor also and you know like they since they're the major domo of the red dragon flight they're also not a minor character per se like they're not the lead characters but they're also you know they have some rank instead of just being one of the part of the giant quilt of quests stories in the area so it, it just struck me very that you know this was a very inclusive and a great move and they didn't do it very ham-fistedly. I know our guild, they were, my guild was very unsure of their gender at first and sort of since, especially since it wasn't very, it wasn't integral to the story, but it was yeah. integral to their character. Yeah. And we have seen in, in recent times, like Warcraft have also said, you know, like Chromie and Pelagos are, trans characters as well and they've also confirmed like some long-term characters like Matthias Shaw is is gay as well and with Dragonflight there has been this these diverse characters that I feel like you're coming across them in the story to me it's it's just felt very natural and that it hasn't felt out of place and 
it's warming my heart. Like that there, there's there's a lot of love happening in the Dragon Isles as well. There's a lot of you know love stories happening there, and there's also something in particular that really stood out to me was the uh, Sansak Khan, who is one of the leaders of the Murak Santar, who is deaf, and they speak via an interpreter. And I don't know if you have done that that quest line, boss, but for me it was like I was playing it and. I came across this character and I was like, why, why is this other person like standing really close, close beside them? And, you know, for a second, I, you know, I, I like reading the quest, quest text as well. And I was like, oh, what's, what's going on here? And it, it took me, it took me a second to actually catch on that, hang on, this, this is their interpreter. And I don't know, for me, it was just like, wow, like there is deaf representation in, in Dragonfly and, it surprised me, but in a really good way, and and it surprised me the fact that I didn't, it didn't feel like out of place, and I didn't see it coming. So I guess to turn this into a question with regards to representation that we've seen in Dragonflight so far, how has your experience been with that? Have you felt like it's it's been natural, or maybe you have thought that some things have been out of place? I think it feels very natural. Yeah, it just it's interwoven into the quests, but it's not in the quest text. So it follows that writing rule that at least Americans are taught that, you know, show, don't tell. Yeah. So you're you're seeing the experiences, you're seeing the interactions, um, and they're talking about each other, but they're not necessarily talking about how they're diverse. I guess that that leads on to another question as well, because something I see a lot and I don't like it, and it's usually something you read on Twitter or Reddit or you know some some of the the places where you're just like yeah you gotta not really take that too seriously. But it's people that come out and they say something like like I don't care about representation, like I don't care that this character's gay or uh, this character's deaf or this character's trans. Like like I'm here to play a game, and like I, I don't care about this this represent representation. Like representation is really important, isn't it, boss? Like, play a game and to see yourself represented in that game—that is an important thing, right? Yeah, it's definitely important because, especially for people of diverse populations, if there's no diversity in a game, it's just looking inside the window instead of being part of the story, right? You're putting your you're looking at this game and you're experiencing without being a part of it, without feeling that connection. And you don't always connect with people who are exactly like you, but it is easier to feel a connection to people who have similar traits. Something, again, just go, going back to that that interview back in, in November is that Blizzard is saying, like, they're taking more of a focus on that now as well. And I think probably if there was a criticism is that a lot of these diverse characters and diverse storylines, I suppose you could you could say, that they're not happening in the main quest. It's, it's usually, I'm not going to say hidden away in a side quest, but one of the things with Dragonflight, <laughs> there's so many quests in Dragonflight, right? There <laughs> <laughs> is it's just overwhelming with how many quests there are and some might say that putting those off in a you know in a side quest that 
you know, that potential for them to be missed or it's just, you know, it's just not in the forefront. So do you think we need more diverse characters and diverse storylines interwoven with the with the main quest? And I know you, you touched on something there with the uh, major domo of Alex Straza, but what's your thoughts on that? I would I would agree with it that it's 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 one of those weird balances because most of the characters in the main story are fairly established, right? But the way the World of Warcraft story's been written, you know, it's not an RPG, an MMORPG. So you're not going through and romancing Alexstrasza. She just has this separate life that interacts with you sometimes. And so I think they're walking a line with the main characters because they're already established with their appearance and who they are. And it's sort of, it would be easy to say, well, you know, you just didn't experience this aspect of the character already. Mm-hmm. But how do you also make it feel as natural as the rest of the stories have? Yeah. Right? Like, Calic Ghost is talking about, uh, his story is a lot about, like, family. And the family of the Blue Dragon Flight. And where does the romance come in there, right? Like, if he suddenly finds a romantic partner within the Blue Dragon Flight, that sort of becomes a little taboo. They're thinking of each other more as brothers and sisters at that mm, point. Mm-hmm. So I just, it's a bit of a weird position. But at the same time, we're also going to continue to move forward. We have the Drakthir as a part of the main story. And so there's a lot of space there. And there's space in future expansions. But they are kind of in a weird space with the aspects at least like you say with characters that are already established and have been in the game for a long time like that is something that it does feel like they would have to handle with care if suddenly they're saying okay what this character is you know is is queer or gay and suddenly it's like okay well how like because when we look back like that doesn't actually make make sense and i suppose there is there is a way now with introducing characters through side quests or minor storylines that then eventually perhaps they can move then to be prominent characters in the storyline. Is that something that you could see happening? Yeah, that could be, especially since like Bane was a minor character per se. He wasn't the racial leader until his dad got off. (laughs) (laughs) And that stuff and, got that stuff got covered uh, in a book, I think, Marty, didn't it? The the whole Bane stuff, like. Oh, I actually don't remember anymore. You might be right on that one. Um, I think it was the the shattering, actually. So. Yeah. Just being cruel to Marty, throwing him some sort of cataclysm <laughs> yeah, reference. Uh, <laughs> just a, a just lore, remembering that cataclysm a, wasn't five minutes ago. <laughs> a law question from from the right side, right there. Um, Let's make sure you're awake. You know. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm here. I'm here. I'm I'm listening. I'm, I'm soaking everything up. So I know. I know. I know. <laughs> 
but but no, I I do think that you uh, as Torn already said that you know it's a balance and they need to find that right balance because it doesn't make sense to all of a sudden change all the characters to you know have uh, uh, you know backgrounds that is, is so sudden. But I think that the ones that they have picked, like Chromie, makes good sense to 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 pick them as as uh, as one of the characters where because I don't think there's been you know prior knowledge about you know uh, who, who they are. Uh, on that level and and so those those few characters that they have picked i think it has been some good picks that they have made so far and now that the blizzard are talking more openly about this as well i think you know we as players can hold them accountable to that as well and we are hearing that within blizzard themselves they are making more diverse hires and they're getting like you said taunt with a, a non-binary character voicing a non-binary character in World of Warcraft as well. Like it's important that in the video games industry as a whole that we do have that proper representation from you know the development side that then is being portrayed for us as gamers to digest because that, that needs to be authentic. Otherwise it's okay like putting diversity into a game, but if that's not authentic then it's not going to be right and it's not going to sit well with players as well so i think that that we need to hold you know blizzard accountable for that now that they're you know communicating that more outwardly and they, you know they are making changes that's not saying that they're not because with dragonflight we're, we're seeing that as an example so far and we hope that that they expand on that and they have had downfalls because when you look at like shadowlands for example it took what 15 years for them to add more you know diversity in skin color for characters that you create and it's like that's just too long like there's no real excuse that you can't defend that hopefully from you know from from here forward with you know society changes as well taught and i think you're right to, to mention that because video games is one one thing but society evolves alongside that and the, the changes we want to see in in life, you know, we want we want to see people represented in in the video games that they they play as well. So I guess I guess to finish off, uh, it, you know, as we look look hopeful to the future, to the rest of Dragonflight and to to future World of Warcraft expansions, is, is there anything you think that Blizzard could do better, boss? I don't know if it's a fully formed thought, but. I... Oh, we we love not fully formed thoughts <laughs> on this podcast. They are very much encouraged. I, I have a lot oh, of those. Oh no! <laughs> so one of the things that strikes me as uh, a racial minority in America is how many of the voice lines and accents are just terrible stereotypes. Like. You have the humans and the orcs, and they're basically American, like generic Hollywood mm -hmm. American. And then you have everybody else. Well, I guess the elves also have that. But, you know, they all sort of have this idea that came from somewhere racial. And it's kind of, you know, we've moved past that point in a lot of video games D's moving past it and it would take a huge like re-recording of everything but i that would make be a huge step for me is if they updated some of the accents um and speech lines for the different races 
and maybe get people who are actually those people to voice act them. <laughs> like, you can't convince me that any of the dwarves were voiced by Scottish people. Like, they have this terrible accent, which does not... And it can't be that hard to hire somebody from there, right? Just don't listen to the end of our show, uh, Taunt, because... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> No, uh, no, we we did hire a Scottish person who lives in Ireland who isn't Scottish uh, to do that <laughs> that outro. So <laughs> amazing. But I mean, right? Like you all are a podcast. They're a multi. They're an international company with like people. They have like they have data centers and QA and GMs who live in Europe. They could pull from their pool of their own people, but they don't. <laughs> What's with Bran? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> Let it all out, Taunt. Let it all out. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> and I feel like this is also going to be a bit of a backtrack, but like they did a really good job doing Pandaria, where there was a balance of, like, an accent, but it wasn't too strong of an accent from anywhere. They included a lot of the diversity from the region and a lot of stories uh, without making it, like, really painful to listen to. And I just wish they could bring that balance elsewhere. Spoken like a true Pandera as well there, like... We must bring balance to life. <laughs> Slow down. Something like that. Slow down. We'll see when the Shaw next show up. I don't know. <laughs> That's actually... Uh, I forget. Rumor has it that they're... No, that's an entire sidetrack. Uh, that's for next time. That's for next time, Ton. You can't give away everything right now because, you know, we, <laughs> if, we give, if we give them everything, then there's nothing left. And, uh, you know, we, we've got to save that for next time that we, we have you on. All I'm saying is Heart of Fear was my favorite raid from that. And I really wish that that was the uh, time walking raid that they bring forward with it. But I doubt it because a lot of the mechanics are just. No, like, now you've said it. Now you've said it out loud like, on the show. It's going to happen. <laughs> so don't worry about that. We'll get it sorted for oh, you. Yeah, it's don't definitely it. going to happen. Everybody loved that and not just me. I'm sure everybody wants to walk through a wind tunnel and dodge things oh, while they're casting. Yeah. As a melee, as a DK who can ignore movement impairing effects, you know, <laughs> it's fine for me. <laughs> Before we relive any more of those horrors of, of past <laughs> expansions, we have unfortunately ran out of time for this episode, but. I want to give a massive thanks to Taunt the Boss for coming on the show and sharing your perspectives and your opinions on this very important topic that we hope and that the Blizzard stick to their word that they continue representing everyone out there in the world because everyone deserves to be represented and everyone deserves a voice and somebody to relate to as well. So, Boss, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a wonderful experience. We have been talking well and we will talk to you again soon bye right am i waving <laughs> thanks for tuning in champion did you enjoy this episode of talking wow 
If so, why not drop a review on your podcast catcher of choice or leave us a comment? You can find Talking Wow on Twitter or YouTube over at Talking Wow. Hope to see you again soon!